Today is a special day in, for, for us at New Hope Fellowship. It's a special day because we get to focus specifically in a particular way today on missions, global missions, and more specifically on one particular mission that we as a church have the privilege, the honor to participate in. God has gifted us with this opportunity to partner with an organization called Agape Youth. So I'm going to introduce a little bit about what we're going to be doing today. Um, after I share a bit of an introduction, we're going to watch a, a wonderful video that was put together by our sister Sharon Lee that will give you some insight into Agape Youth and the ministry that they do in the country of Namibia. And then some brothers and sisters are going to come up and share personal testimonies about their time there this past August. So this past August, New Hope Fellowship sent a team of adults, a team of teens, children, families, and single folks to Windhoek, Namibia. And we went to Windhoek, Namibia to partner with a ministry called Agape Youth and with their parent organization called the We Love Africa Foundation. So if you see anyone walking around with a blue t-shirt, it looks kind of like this. It's because they were part of the Namibia 18 team. Everyone else is wearing the right shirt. Mine is last year's shirt. I apologize. The laundry wasn't it's my fault. So I'm not going to give you any stats really about Agape Youth other than to just say this. This is the fourth year that New Hope Fellowship has sent a team to Namibia to partner with these folks. All right, it's year number four. Agape Youth was founded by New Hope members and missionaries, Steve and Soyon Hong. Steve is a physician stationed in Namibia with the Center for Disease Control. And in, the, in addition to being a physician, he's also a seminary-trained minister of the gospel. And so some years ago, he began working with a team of missionaries who were already in Namibia and who were working to evangelize and disciple small children in a community called Havana. Havana, not Havana, Cuba, Havana in Windhoek, Namibia. And Havana is the poorest community in that capital city of Windhoek, Namibia, and it's among the poorest communities in that entire nation. So the Hong's work in Havana evolved over time into ministry specifically with teenagers. And they named that ministry Agape Youth. Here's their vision statement. I'm going to read it to you. Agape Youth exists to be a gospel youth movement with a passion to glorify God by believing, trusting, and treasuring Jesus Christ and displaying Christ's worth and beauty in lives of purity and love resulting in renewed lives, renewed families, churches, and communities in Windhoek, in Namibia, and in the nations. Lofty goals, and glorious goals, a glorious vision. Last year, New Hope member Jen Chun left behind her dental practice here in New York and she relocated to Namibia to work with the Hongs. So each year when NHF sends teams to Namibia, we go there in a support role. We, we help plan for and, and conduct an Agape Youth Bible Camp each August. And during that Bible Camp, our team members get to teach and lead and seek to disciple those young men and women who attend the camp. The teens that make up a part of our NHF team, the teens that come from New Hope, they get to participate in the camp. 
And the little kids that come with us whenever we send out a team and those families, well, those families play an important role together as well because those families, you're going to see in just a moment, get to model life as a Christian household for these young Namibian men and women, many of whom have never experienced what a Christian God-honoring household looks like. All of this is very vital work. That camp that they run every August, you're going to see images of, it's a linchpin in the Agape Youth's ministry. It's a major way that, that they pour into the lives of these youth and, and develop emerging leaders from within that group and welcome in newcomers too. So the difficulties that our brothers and sisters and missionary friends in Namibia face are many, so many difficulties. The Hongs, Stephen Soyun, Jen, and the missionaries that they partner with, they face challenges constantly as they seek to, to help these young men and women know Jesus and love Jesus and follow Jesus in an environment that opposes them at every step. These young people are faced with daily temptations and opposition and adversity. The odds are against them to succeed in any way, much less to follow Jesus all their days. So today, we want to present to you a window into the work that God is doing through Agape Youth. And it's a window also into the work that God is doing through and in us, New Hope Fellowship. This is our work that we get to participate in as we come alongside those folks. And, uh, and thank the Lord for these, <laughs> these relationships. What a gift. We're going to um, listen to our brothers and sisters uh, share stories, their experiences, and what they saw the Lord do during this last Namibia trip. We're going to start with Marcelo Leboy. After him, I'm just going to announce you so I can get out of the way and I don't have to come up here anymore. Jessica O is going to share after him. And then Brian Hose is coming up third. And then Kathy Park's going to come up last. So we were asked to summarize this incredible trip to under five minutes. So in order to keep me from rambling on for hours and not missing any key points, I'm going to read from my time script. Um, this trip for me was about learning to have faith, to learn to trust God and not, to, and not in myself. Four years ago, when New Hope first went to Namibia, my wife Nancy asked me if I wanted to go as a family. I said, Africa, are you out of your mind? I had this usual stereotypical thoughts about Africa, terrorism, crime, diseases, kidnappings, heat, bugs, the many fears one would think about when bringing their family to such a place. My wife Nancy wasn't concerned. She immediately had a heart for Namibia and its people and wanted to go as her faith was definitely stronger than mine. But she waited on me because she realized that God has his timing for everything. In those four years, after listening to all the testimonies from our friends who went, looking at all the pictures and videos of all the smiling faces of the children there, and even though they didn't have many of the things we consider essential for happiness, they were filled with the joy of the Spirit and the love of Jesus Christ. Eventually, my heart softened and my fears lessened, and through the surprise of my wife and friends, I decided we should trust in God and go. Initially, I was concerned that we couldn't afford to go, but God faithfully provided. 
So with the help of many generous donors, friends, family, and churchgoers who wanted to help but just weren't ready to take that leap of faith and long flight there just yet, without your faith, prayers, and support, and what we were doing, it wouldn't have been possible for all of us to go as a family. So for that, we are eternally grateful. With lots of prayers and faith in what God had in store for us, we embarked. From the moment we arrived there, concern and worry turned to excitement and joy as we felt God's protection and watched his plan unfold from the Korean missionaries catering to our needs to our dear sister, Jen Chung, welcoming us into her home. From there, it was a whirlwind of activities to prepare for the camp and to see what God had in store for us. I was stretched, challenged, and shown what could be done for his kingdom. We got the opportunity to go, get to know some of the, uh, the kids and visit their homes. And our Western standards, it would be considered as a ghetto or slum, but where you would expect to see despair and hopelessness, instead, we saw joy, happiness, and hope due to what they've learned from the missionaries about our Lord and Savior. I was amazed by their friendliness and willingness to share the gospel. They proudly showed us their rooms and all the, the verses on the walls and introduced us to their families. I had a sense they knew that happiness didn't come from material possessions, but from the love of Christ. I was grateful and overjoyed to see our own children, Derek, Issa, and Mia, get swept up in a spirit influenced by the agape youth. They lived the gospel as an integral part of their lives and just not as another compartmentalized part of it. We got to see what raw, unfiltered worship looked like. I thought I had come to serve them, to help teach them about Christ. But in truth, it was I who learned from them because of the faith they lived and showed. I was humbled and grateful. I came back closer to Christ, still an undeserving sinner, but grateful in the knowledge that my sins were covered by Christ's sacrifice, and that I should always be reminded of that. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Jessica. I'm very thankful for this opportunity to share my experiences of the Namibia trip. Uh, my goal here today is to just give you a perspective of a first-time missions experience. So I'm going to try and share as many stories and names as I can. So this was my first mission trip. Um, and the reason was that I held up ongoing on short-term missions because I doubted the long-term sustainability of these trips. Um, in my mind, more often than not, the goers benefited a lot more than those being served. And in truth, I returned home more blessed. However, that doesn't mean that our efforts were short-lived, but that our efforts in serving Agape Youth helped a larger network of long-term missionaries in one hook who loved the kids daily. So I largely wanted to go to Namibia to see and support our sister Jen, who left her job as a dentist here, and to see her and her family here to serve Agape Youth, a youth ministry headed by Steve and Soyeon Hong. But frankly, I felt that I wasn't prepared to lead a small group of youth, about 10 in total. 
I didn't realize that my job was to be a counselor to them, leading through them, leading them through camp activities, um, such as quiet times and small group discussion times. My group mainly consisted of kids who had never been to the camp, so largely new to the gospel or had a warped view of it. For example, it being works-based. Um, there was Mubisha, a very smart 14-year-old girl who was the most talkative out of everyone and wanted to be a lawyer. There was 20, a soft-spoken 15-year-old girl whose parents had been hit with some hard times, and her agape youth peers had donated some food and clothes to her and helped her financially to get to camp. These kids were very animated and had such thoughtful and interesting questions such as, how do we know that we can trust the Bible? What does God look like? I'm sure my answers were so inadequate, but thanks to God, I was able to share the gospel with them. I was also the medic on the group, which gave me the opportunity to meet various kids from other groups. Through this role, God humbled me and showed me that he is in control. The first night, I met Ruki, a 15-month-old baby girl who had a fever and some nasal congestion. I wanted to give her some Motrin, but couldn't find the medications anywhere. Medications were packed and ready to go, but somehow never made it to the camp. Fortunately, Linda had the wisdom to take some medications from the pile at the home base and was able to treat Ruki. Another girl, Hilma, complained of some chronic back pain and kept coming back for more medication. It was clearly muscle pain that had started after her pregnancy C-section a year ago. I didn't have ibuprofen, which would have been the best for this muscle-type pain, only Tylenol. One of the last nights, I again gave her Tylenol and a warm compress, but I also sat by her and prayed a short prayer. It was a unique experience to be able to pray out loud for a patient. I've only seen it once in medical school. And to give up her healing to God. She later wrote me a letter stating that the prayer had more impact on her than all the medications I'd given her. But at times I struggled with feelings of inadequacy. Questions arose in my mind, are we the right people to serve them? Do we possess enough cultural sensitivity Communication was somehow difficult at times because some youth struggled with English. And these kids were kids, which meant that at times they were very sweet, and at other times they picked on one another. One girl in my group, 20, ran to me crying after a mean practical joke played by one of the other girls, Esther. It was the last day, and I was incredibly frustrated, even more so when Esther denied any wrongdoing. A flood of uh, doubt came through, What am I doing here? What did I accomplish? Are we all just being incredibly naive? These kids haven't changed. And yet, I was reminded of my own shortcomings and the sanctification process. God didn't work through one retreat. He worked through a multitude of people, events, and experiences to bring me to him. The last night, we had with the kids was a service dedicating the newly renovated church building. When we got there, we received so many warm hugs from the kids. Even though we didn't know every detail in their lives, or that at times we couldn't properly communicate, we were bonded with the affection of Christ.
I was also encouraged by the handwritten letters from the kids, urging me in my own faith and walk with Christ. Some beautifully eloquent and others in broken English, but beautiful all the same. And even with all my doubts and preconceived notions, God used me, and I came back blessed by all that I had witnessed and experienced. This year's team was the largest team that we have sent to Namibia. Unbeknownst to us, every single member was handpicked for their specific gifts and would be needed at the camp. We had opened the registration to non-Agape youth members this year, and it was the largest turnout of youth. And with Steve and Soyan unable to return to Namibia from the States to attend camp due to visa issues, we knew that the largest number of N18 team was not a coincidence, but God's amazing providence. In addition, the mission trip has helped me to be more regular in my time with the world. Word. We would wake up at 6 a.m. for quiet times, and I was always impressed with the kids who woke up for the quiet times, bleary-eyed and in their coats, walking to the freezing conference room. I think that pain and shock of waking up just for quiet times made some kind of impression on me. Lastly, the trip was a glimpse of what real fellowship in Christ looks like. It was a blessing to be living, praying, eating, and encouraging each other in Christ constantly. It reminded me of the early church in the passage in Acts 2, 44-47. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. Thank you. Uh, as, our, as part of our training for Namibia, um, our team talked about how to serve on a short-term missions trip in a way that has a positive and lasting benefit for the people you are serving, as well as discussing some of the common pitfalls to avoid. One of these pitfalls we discussed that really struck me at the time was the idea that short-term missionaries coming into a missions field will sometimes come in with a savior complex, thinking that they are bringing God with them to the missions field as if he was not already present and working there long before they showed up. At the time, I remember thinking that this was a good reminder of God's sovereignty and that he is present and working everywhere. I found this both comforting and humbling in preparing for our trip, but I didn't give it much thought beyond that. However, when I arrived in Namibia, this truth became abundantly clear to me as I discovered some of the many ways that God had been present and working there long before we arrived. I met many of the Agape Youth students and was blown away by their faith, their desire to grow, and their knowledge of Christ, the beauty of their prayers, and their love for one another. I could tell that this fruit was the product of a great working of God's Spirit and the faithful laboring of the missionaries there. I learned how many of these students had been ministered to from a very young age, and I even got to witness this firsthand by taking part in one of the King's Kids Sunday worship services where hundreds of joyful elementary-aged kids had walked there on their own 
to sing and learn about God. And I even learned how many of the students in Agape Youth were there because they had been invited by their friends, teenagers who had gone out into the community to tell people about Christ and to invite them to their Agape Youth services to learn more. While we were in Namibia, I was pleased to find that God continued to work there, both in and through our team, as well as by many other means. It was a joy to witness Rob and Alex teaching them through their sermons, to sit down with my own small group of students and discuss the things that they had been hearing and learning, and to worship together with wholehearted singing and endless joy as we were led by Brian, Matt, and the Agape Youth Worship Team. I was blessed to experience the hospitality of the long-term missionaries who housed us, fed us, transported us, and worked alongside us. And I was greatly encouraged to see future leaders from within the group being equipped and trained to take part in this work themselves. Now, having returned from Namibia and reflecting back on our time there, I find great comfort in knowing that God is still there and he is still working. I'm incredibly thankful for Steve, Soyoung, Jen, and the other long-term missionaries who are continuing to live there and minister to these kids on a daily basis. I'm thankful for the opportunity that I now have to pray for students by name who I know and care about. And I'm thankful for the, the leadership within Agape Youth who are growing and loving and encouraging one another. But most of all, I'm thankful that none of the work being done is dependent on the workers, but that God is the one who has been working, who was working, and who will continue to work. He is the one bringing people to repentance and softening hearts, opening eyes, encouraging, strengthening, and equipping. By knowing this, I know that our short-term work was part of a long-term plan, as God is uniting all things to himself in Christ. And I am incredibly grateful and blessed to have been a part of that work. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm Kathy, for those of you who don't know me. It was this time last year at the Namibia 2017 presentation that a spark was ignited in me to go to Namibia for the very first time. My heart broke as I watched the video image of a boy crying when he learned that our sister Linda Yoon did not return last year. That image stirred a yearning in me to go so that I too could pour out love on the Namibian youth who hunger so desperately for it. Little did I know then that that was the affection of Christ, as described in Philippians 1.8, working so powerfully within me. That initial desire grew into a longing for our entire family to go this year, as my husband Steve approached the five-year cancer survival mark this past April. As many of you know, Steve was diagnosed with stage four cancer in 2013. This diagnosis was devastating as Steve was only 45 years old and our three precious children, Chris, Ellie, and Lauren, were only 11, eight, and six. However, it was this path of suffering that helped us to look to the Lord for hope and trust in his sovereignty and goodness. The Lord mercifully comforted. And strengthened us through the love of others, especially our new hope family. 
and filled us with his transcending peace and joy in the midst of our suffering. This beautiful, intimate experience of God's love powerfully changed our family's hearts and our lives. As such, it became my desire for our entire family to serve in Namibia, to thank God, not only for allowing Steve to live, but also for blessing us in so many ways. However, as the five-year mark was approaching, Steve had other plans. He was busy trying to plan a big family trip to celebrate this milestone, along with a few others. He researched luxurious destinations while our daughter Ellie and I tried to convince him that we should instead go to Namibia. Ellie's desire to go to Namibia was based on seeing how joyful and thankful Kate Lee became after each trip and how much Kate longed to be back in Namibia with the Agape youth. Steve, however, was skeptical of short-term missions and had no desire to go to Africa. Since neither Ellie nor I could convince him, we prayed that God would. After seeing Ellie's earnest desire to go as she began raising funds to go in 2019, God began to convict Steve's heart, and to our surprise, Steve suddenly announced that we would go. And so after the announcement, we celebrated God's goodness, and the myriad of preparations for Namibia began. God used the five months leading up to the trip to purify us by revealing the many idols plaguing each of our hearts and minds. From our utter dependence on the comforts of the world, to anxiety about our health and safety, and the financial sacrifice we would have to make, we began to struggle in our faith that God would provide. The risk to Steve's health in Namibia was worrisome enough, but my own daily battles with chronic, debilitating migraines, sinusitis, and hives also became very real concerns. As the fears mounted, God gave me peace when he once again reminded me of his sovereignty. He revealed to me that our trip to Namibia was not only in his control, but it was his plan all along. God sovereignly drew us intimately close to him during the most difficult time in our lives so that we could truly see who he is and then be sent out to serve him amongst others who are suffering as well. I'm so thankful to share that as we placed our trust in God, Steve stayed healthy. And although I continue to suffer from my chronic ailments, the Lord carried me each day, allowing me to serve him to the best of my ability. Our family's experiences with suffering enabled us to encourage the Agape youth and missionaries to put their faith and hope in Christ, despite the tribulations in their lives. While the, while the Lord did use us in this way, we were amazed by how much more he used them to encourage us in our faith. We were so moved by the genuine, joyful spirit in many of the agape youth. It was beautifully evident that it was the Holy Spirit working in filling them with joy even in the midst of their own difficult lives. Lauren remarked how incredible it is that they welcomed us with so much affection and kindness, though they didn't even know us. Additionally, their heartfelt worship moved our hearts to worship and praise God even more for his mighty work in Namibia. We were all so touched during the praise time there. Chris told me that it was the best worship ever because the kids were so passionate and exuberant. It was incredibly heartwarming to see them freely crying out to the Lord and lifting their voices, dancing joyfully without fear of what others might think of them. Their love for the word was also very inspiring. We were so humbled 
by the knowledge of scripture, by their knowledge of scripture, and ability to recite, recite so much of it. There was one girl I was particularly inspired by. Her name is Laylee. She was being persecuted by her mother for going to church and cried about how broken their relationship was because of her faith. After sharing some verses with her, I asked if there were any verses in the Bible that particularly encouraged her. Suddenly, her face lit up, and she joyfully recited to me, and then, I'm sorry, she joyfully recited verses to me, and then enthusiastically showed me her Bible. To my amazement, it was heavily underlined and filled with her notes. She and many agape, many other agape youth, humbled us greatly by how much they truly love and cherish God's word. It was so convicting as I wondered, do I love and cherish God's word as much as her? This joy was increasingly astounding as we continued to learn how incredibly hard their lives are. Their trials are unspeakably great and unfathomable to us who live in such comfort and safety. Our hearts were continuously broken by the lives of each child we got to know. Their hunger was so visible that our son Chris often skipped his meals so that he could give it to them who needed it more. He knew that we would soon return to our home, which is overflowing with food, but they would return to their destitute and impoverished lives where they are likely to get one paltry bowl of porridge each day. On our last night, as we wrote out our cards for each of the kids in our small groups, Steve mentioned to me that he needed to put some money in a couple of the cards. He could not bear to ignore the basic need of a child without proper shoes or clothing in the winter and was desperate to help. Unfortunately, we knew that even if he did give them some money, it would not break the cycle of poverty in their lives. I often cry for them, even now as my heart grieves deeply for them. I wasn't even sure I could stand before you to share this with you today. My heart longs to be with them. And I wish I could just provide them with all their needs. The joy in the agape youth made it abundantly clear that God was providing them with what they need most of all, him. All of these children are so hungry, not only for food and material needs, but also for love and hope. Their love for Christ and joy in him showed us how truly precious Christ is and that he is indeed all any of us really need. They taught us through their lives that joy is not found in having things, but in Christ and Christ alone. I know that our good and faithful Father will redeem each of the sorrows in our lives. I am so thankful that we can trust in the promises of Christ and that through his blood, he is giving them the living water from which they will never thirst in their arid land. I pray that the affection of Christ would stir in you the desire to share the living hope with those who are lost wherever you go. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy and Brian and Jessica and Marcelo for sharing your experiences, your stories with us. If you are a part of Namibia 18 team, could you please just stand up for a moment? Um, no doubt what you've heard today may have, hopefully it informed you 
Hopefully it stirred you uh, up, but also it probably raised some questions. So take a look at these brothers and sisters here. Um, you can approach them today or throughout the coming weeks and ask them more, ask them more, ask them to tell you more about what God is doing through Agape Youth and through the We Love Africa Foundation. And um, just make sure you have time to listen because they probably have a lot to share.